0: Secondly, uh, we have a website, the, all these things are grassroots, like the first responders thing this Friday. We have uh, Carissa from our fellowship that has, uh, she, she, she's got some fans. And so uh, Turn the Tide website, which she's wanting to have a website with all of these individual things to have one place you can go to a website and find so much information because it's everywhere, right? Trying to pull it all together is a challenge. This week, because of the medical institution that has moved their um, vaccine mandate for their workers to Monday, we have signed medical worker exemptions because there is a precedent and a law for religious exemption. So we as pastors and a congregation can do that. There's a table set up in the lobby for you to go there if you're a medical worker. Last night we had a flood on Saturday night because it was the teachers that wanted it. And all of everybody needs it. But medical workers, it starts tomorrow for them. So we're prioritizing. This is kind of messy. We're figuring it out as we go. Uh, last night I signed so many medical exemptions that I got writer's cramp. So... Uh, We are on Gab's website. Gab has incredible religious uh, for different uh, vocations. So teachers are probably next on the list. But there's 10 of them. And you can print those off if you want. If you are a part of our church, we have to record your name and email so that if the employer follows up and doesn't think you're just pulling their leg, that we have a document. Hey, they're a part of our body. And, uh, you know, I jokingly say, you come once. To God speak, you're a visitor, you come twice, you're family, so maybe you haven't been coming for a long time, but if you love Jesus and you love liberty, you're home now. So um, as we move forward, as we move forward, this is the craziest thing for me after being a pastor for 32 years, that I am preaching a sermon like this in the United States of America, and that sermon title is Religious Exemption A Biblical Perspective. Why should I even have to bring that to the United States of America? It doesn't belong, but because we have to fight for liberty, it's so important. We have some Bibles. If you didn't bring a Bible, just raise your hand. Our precious servants have a Bible, and you can relieve them of that Bible. And make your way to Romans chapter 12, verses uh, 1 and 2. We're going to stand in a moment, read God's Word, and we're going to talk about a biblical perspective about our own bodies, our own will to decide, and our own mind and our own thoughts that comes from Romans chapter 12. And just to give you a moment to arrive there, this picture of this vaccination machine right here is a picture that, uh, I don't know if any of you, this is the way I was vaccinated as a kid, right? Yeah, they just, they lined us up in the cafeteria line like we went through the elementary school and it's this pneumatic thing. So every time it's like... And you just go through and pull up your sleeve, you know, and, and you're going, and they say, now don't move your arm because it'll just slice it right open, right? Because it's, it's this thing. And, and so it was a little freaky hearing the, but I have been vaccinated with all kinds of vaccines. I've been to 17 different countries, some of them in dangerous places in uh, Asia and Africa and yellow fever and typhoid and stuff that is not the average flu. And so I have all kinds of vaccine business going on inside of me. I have never been anti-vax or pro-vax. I'm just like, do I got to go there? And then give me the shot. But why is it so different now? Why is this craziness about a flu for the majority of us that the recovery rate is 99.5%? Why am I having a gun held to my head and a pneumatic tool to my arm to force me to be back. I'm like, the flu? I'm I'm afraid of the flu? Now, granted, I don't enjoy the flu, and I've had such bad, bad flus in the past that I actually prayed that Jesus would take me home, you know what I mean? When you're that sick and you're hugging the toilet that usually you stay far away from, and you are just sick as a dog. But why is it now this craziness that we see sweeping across America? why is it that this medical apartheid that is now coming, why is the political agenda so powerful behind it? Now, because I travel and I speak, thinking about the vaccine mandate for federal travel on airplanes, I was talking to Bill Federer, who was with us last weekend. And Bill travels and speaks. That's all he does. And I said, hey, Bill, what are you thinking about this? And He said, well, I donate blood to the Red Cross, and so the Red Cross does a great thing. They list all the aspects of your blood type and if you have any problems, and then they list if you have the antibodies. Now, I'd called a doctor and it was gonna cost me 270 bucks to get the antibody test, and I'm like, well, I can go donate for free (laughs) because I'm tight, right? And I'm like, I can donate for free, my wife and I, and you know what? They're gonna give me a little list of the antibodies. So my wife calls, it's Friday, just two days ago, and uh, we're excited about getting this and at least having the antibody thing, which is the craziest thing in the United States of America. Even over in Europe, they acknowledge antibodies, but here they act like they don't even exist. Right? And so she calls the Red Cross. I'm overhearing her and the guy speaking that answers the phone, and my wife asks him this question about, oh, well, what kind of information is on the thing? She's trying to be, act very naive, but... He says, well, we did put the antibody information on there, but according, uh, after June 25th, we ceased. And my wife, you know, very innocently, well, why is that, right? This is his specific quote. This is the Red Cross office in Camarillo, down the hill. He said, if a person finds out they have COVID antibodies, they will refuse the vaccine, and the goal is to push the vaccine on everyone. This is from the Red Cross, It makes you speechless. And after speechless comes rage. (laughs) Because once again, you're like, what is up? with this agenda. So we want to talk about these things. Now, there's obvious objections to forced medical procedures. We can talk about practical reasons, and that should be suffice. We have common sense. There's civil liberties reasons. I am an American. Last I checked, it is the home of the free and the, or the home of the, uh, land of the free, home of the brave, right? But now, as confused as my language is, the country's that confused, right? But then there's religious reasons that gets to the closest of our conscience. Actually, things that affect us in our relationship with God. Let's review just some headlines around the world. That the most off the rails country in the world is Australia, hands down, unbelievable. Like totalitarianism. This is a headline: Canberra, uh, Australia, their capital this happened last week on Thursday, is going to lock down starting Thursday after a single case, one case in a capital city. They are going to shut it down. They also detected the virus in some wastewater. Do you really think, honestly, you're going to stop a seasonal flu? A virus? Viruses are very tough to stop. And if you're going to shut the country every time somebody gets the flu... And if you're not over 65 with a couple of core morbidities, you're going to be just fine, right? I was with my dad, 81 years old, no core morbidities. I took him to the doctor. He had COVID. He was sick for about seven days. He's fine, comes out the other side. No big deal. So I asked myself, why are these people so crazy? And especially in Australia. As a matter of fact, this week, the health officer in New South Wales, said this. If you have a mask on and you're going to the grocery store and you see your neighbor, you may not talk to them. Listen to her. You got to hear it. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Listen
1: to her. We all need to work together. We need to limit our movements. We need to consider whenever we leave our house that anyone with us... Anyone we come into contact with could c- convey the virus. So whilst it is in human nature to engage in conversation with others, to be friendly, um, unfortunately, this is not the time to do that. So even if you run into your next door neighbour in the shopping centre, in the Coles, whilst you're at Coles Woolworths or Aldi or any other um, grocery shop, don't start up a conversation. Now is the time for minimizing your interactions with others. Even if you've got a mask, do not think that affords total protection. We want to be absolutely sure that as we go about our daily lives, we do not come into contact with anyone else that would pose a risk.
0: Well, somebody has said it makes sense because Australia was a penal code, so there used to be an inner prison cell. So this is the new business suit for... uh, Australia, a hazmat suit. (laughs) Pretty soon they'll be putting children in it. But it's not only overseas. Um, Mr. Pope Fauci told us this week, what we already knew, vaccine mandates are coming, just not from the federal level, it'll be on a local level like it is here. Listen to Fauci. (laughs) Fauci.
2: Dr. Fauci, do you agree with Randy Weingarten, the head of the largest teachers union in the country who came out yesterday and said, yes, teachers should be vaccinated inside schools. Do you think they should be mandated to be vaccinated?
3: Yeah, I'm gonna upset some people on this, but I think we should. I mean, we are in a critical situation now. We've had 615,000 plus deaths and we are in a major surge now as we're going into the fall, into the school season. This is very serious business. You would wish that people would see why it's so important to get vaccinated, but you're not gonna get mandates centrally from the federal government. But when you're talking about local mandates, mandates for schools, for teachers, for universities, for colleges, I'm sorry. I I mean, I know people must like to have their individual freedom and not be told to do something. But I think we're in such a serious situation now that under certain circumstances, mandates should be done.
0: Well, we're just having some fun. Just just relax, because I know you want to hear from the Austrian-born former governor, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Let's hear it, Arnold. And the only way we prevent it is, is to get vaccinated, to wear masks, to do social distancing, washing your hands all the time, and not just to think about, well, my freedom is being kind of disturbed here. No, screw your freedom. Yeah, so, and Rick Warren at Saddleback Church, the largest church in Southern California, wrote a letter to his congregation this week, and he repeated it four times. Mask and vax, mask and vax, mask and vax, mask and vax. Now, if you want to get the vaccine, and many of you, we're not going to have a show of hands, many of you have got the vaccine, you have comorbidities, you're of a certain age, you're concerned. God bless you. You're welcome. We're happy you're here, right? And, and, and a lot of us haven't got the vaccine because I already had COVID. I have the antibodies. Why would I put an experimental thing inside of me, right? I already... Uh, Even though the country doesn't acknowledge those things. But we want to share that God has granted us the ability to do with our bodies and our minds and our will to decide. It is a God-given right. We're going to stand, read Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And we're going to go down a little journey of looking at a biblical perspective, when it comes to a religious exemption that is our last option for many people in their careers. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God, we ask for your help. We are a desperate people living under tyranny, socialism. And Lord, we really want the freedom that you have given us. And yet, Lord, we want to stand up and cry out for your help to deliver. We ask, Lord Jesus, in your name. We just commit this recall into your hands. We commit these people that are continuing these mandates. Lord, we ask that you would deliver us like the the saints of old, In the book of Judges, when they were oppressed by tyranny, they cried out to you for deliverance. Lord, raise up a deliverer for us that would love you and love freedom and love our nation. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Well, you know, it started off with the churches because they have to stop us from getting together because this is what we do. Right? We worship Jesus. We get our eyes on the Lord. We realize He's the supreme authority of the universe. Two great rules in life. The earlier you can learn them, the better. There there is one God, and you're not Him. Right? And then as we love and serve God, We get together and we are encouraged from God's word. We're hugging each other. Now we have herd immunity. We get together and hey, let's, you know, the flu season comes through. I've been a pastor for 32 years. The flu season comes through. We get the bug. We hug each other. We wipe our nose and hug each other, right? We get it. Now, if you are in a vulnerable condition, obviously you need specific plan of attack to keep yourself safe because it is an accelerant as all flu seasons are for pneumonia and things where you can actually die if you're vulnerable. But for 99% of us, you guys, there's no problemo, right? There's nothing to be terrified. And yet when you listen to the, the news, they are just fear mongers. They fill people with fear. The Delta variant is, this is what scientists are telling us, the Delta variant is more contagious and less severe. There's less hospitalization and less fatalities with a Delta. But you've already heard that the next one's in the wings coming from South America, and that is the Lambda, right? You've heard about the Lambda. And Pastor Rob told you about the last one, which is the variant of totalitarianism, because people are so terrified. So they tried to stop us from meeting together as a church, they sued us. We countersued them. Realize that the saints of old have always went through these times. Can you imagine them passing a law that you can't even pray? Well, that's what Daniel went through in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. It says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, that was that nobody could pray to anybody but the king for 30 days, he went home and cried like a baby. No, he didn't. And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. When the law was passed to stop praying, Daniel just went on praying. When the city officials of Jerusalem told the apostles to stop preaching in Jesus' name, this was Peter and John's response in Acts chapter 4, verses 18 through 20. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard was Daniel willing to give up his prayer life because the king said so? No. Were the apostles willing to give up preaching to God's people because the city officials said so? Yeah. No. So this is, there's a time for civil disobedience where God's commandments are more important than man's commandments. Here, they told us that we cannot get together, we can't, we can only put 25% of you in the room. This room only holds 400. That means 100 people. Last weekend, we had close to 1,600. That means on a Sunday, we would have to have 16 services to fit all of you guys. 16. Now, Rob and I, would ha- we'd have to have quadruple the staff just to preach that much, right? Plus, when we got together, we cannot sing, right? You can't see each other because you have to wear a mask. You can't be touching each other. You can't sing praises to God. Now, when is the government, I don't care, COVID, I don't care anything else, going to tell us not to pray, not to worship, not to preach, not to hug, not to love each other because though COVID can kill people, psychological isolation devastates people's lives. We are social creatures. Don't you miss just seeing people's faces now that the mask have come off? It's like it's almost like the sunshine came out you actually can see they're doing studies in children now that they've been around mass parents so much that their facial expression, because you learn everything by imitation, that their facial uh, reactions are not responding in accordance with normal developmental issues for children. It is craziness what is going on. And all for protecting us from the flu. Now, do you know that the first... People like our mandate for the medical workers, which starts for Pastor Robles Hospital, must be vaccinated or tested twice a week starting tomorrow, that the first mandate from a tyrant came to the medical workers, to the nurses. They were actually midwives in Exodus 1, verses 15 and 17 through 17. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was Shiphrah and the name of the other was Pua, and he said, When you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and see them on the birthing stools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him, but if it is a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. The king said, I want you to kill the male children. Imagine you're a nurse. You've always wanted to help people your whole life. You go to their school, now you're an RN, and you, you're hired by this hospital, but somehow you get transferred because of a desperate need, and there you are assisting in performing abortions. And you're a Christian. And the pressure to do so, and to say, I, I can't take the life of this child. I just can't do it. I'm not going to do it. I mean, the first rule of medicine is do no harm, right? Do no harm. And to try experiments on people, that we don't know what the harm's going to be, though the CDC has a page filled with adverse vaccination injuries that are being recorded. And yet we have this pressure upon us. Now, these midwives didn't do it. They honored the Lord. The Lord blessed them with households. And uh, they told a big whopper. They told the king a lie. When the king came and said, hey, how come you're not killing all these male babies? They said, "All oh, the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. They just like pop them out like a pumpkin seed. No big deal. We, we don't even get there in time. <laughs> that wasn't really the story, but it, it's like if they knock on the door and you're a Christian and you're hiding some Jews during the Holocaust, you say, yeah, the Jews are behind the cabinet." No. They didn't do that. Many Christians gave their lives because lives were on the line, so they put their life on the line. There's going to be a cost, you guys, through this season, and I am convinced that we are going to look back in history, and this is going to be the greatest health debacle in history. And people, as they look back and everything's uncovered with the corruption and things, (laughs) it's going to be like the Nuremberg Trials. People are going to be exposed for who they are. And the entire generation of our children and our grandchildren and our great grandchildren are going to want to know what mom and dad did. Going to want to know if you stood up. Because the truth be known, we are fighting a fight that we might not see the end of, but we are fighting for the liberty for our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren here in the United States of America. Therefore, we have the medical exemptions out there for those who are just, the line was huge last night. Once again, we don't have an exemption for every vocation. But if you're a nurse or a medical worker, we have something for you. Just give your name and email, and uh, that'll give them a good list so that when they come for all of us, they'll know exactly where to find us. And we will sing kumbaya till we get to heaven, right? The next example that we see is is government employees being forced. Those who watched Governor Newsom with his declaration for the, all the state workers in the state of California, I think it's 256,000 or 276,000. They must get uh, the vaccine or they will have to be tested once a week or, once again, religious exemptions. So we have to use this card that they're giving us and max it out. It says in Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 through 18, Daniel's three friends went through this. They were told to bow down by the king, their boss. They were, in the gov- they were government officials to bow down to his idol. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up i said you know what our god can deliver us and he can deliver us you guys but if not we're still not bowing and now if you choose your course of life that's called liberty if they force it on you that's coercion that's something else but there may be a cost. There may be a fiery furnace. Now, these three individuals were bound, hand and foot, thrown into the fiery furnace. As a matter of fact, it was heated seven times hotter because the boss was so enraged that these guys would not get the vaccine, excuse me, would not bow down, <laughs> right, to the golden image, that the men that threw them in were scorched and burned. They died. And then Nebuchadnezzar sat up and he said, hey, didn't we throw three in there? And they said, yes, O king. But there was a fourth. And he looked like the son of God. It's an Old Testament appearance of Jesus Christ, our Savior, because when you're a child of God and you're thrown into the fire, who's going to join you in that fire? Jesus. And having went through the fire lots in ministry, I would rather be in the fire and on the right side of God in intimacy with Jesus than outside the fire and live in a comfy life and far from Jesus. But realize this, there is a cost for standing Don't just have some, oh, it's all going to, you know, it's just like this little wand that's, no, these people suffered. Next case, as we saw Daniel, Daniel ended up going to the lion's den because he prayed. So he was thrown into the lion's den. God supernaturally protected him. Now, in the midst of all this, we have somebody like Fauci. We have All of these individuals, some people trying to cram this stuff down our throat, whether it's a mask or a vaccine mandate, but we do have a handful of heroes. Even in the Capitol, a young guy that was barely old enough, you had to be 25 to be in the House of Representatives, a young man by the name of Madison Cawthorn, and we have to give it up for him right here.
3: Madam Speaker, you are not God. Your will does not bend the force or shake the mountains. And let me assure you, your will does not bow the knee of millions of my countrymen who refuse to heed your callous command. To threaten arrest on others for their own personal medical decisions is nothing short of a medical apartheid, and I will not let it stand. For if I am to cowardly bend the knee here like those on the left wish, then what is to stop you all from taking your tyranny to the rest of this country that I love? How dare anyone in this institution attempt to dictate to the patriots of my staff how they may live their lives. For one to think that because they have the title honorable attached to their name means that they may dictate what others may say and think repulses me. What makes this nation special is that in this free land, the people are the royalty. So arrest us if you will, but I will not cower, and I will not bend. Madam Speaker, you have come to take away our liberties, but Madam Speaker, in this country, you are outnumbered. With that, I yield back.
0: I wish young Madison was here to see your response. It's so encouraging to see young people that are passionate about liberty. Because, quite honestly, a lot of people with gray hair have no guts. And it's tragic. Benjamin Franklin said men die at the age of 25, they just don't bury them until they're 70. Good thing. Madison Cawthorne's still 25. <laughs> well, then they attempt to violate our conscience. Nebuchadnezzar wanted to give all of his employees that were in training food and wine and delicacies that had been dedicated to their false gods. But because of their conviction, their religious conviction, they wanted to be exempted from eating these delicacies that were sacrificed to pagan gods, And so Daniel, in Daniel chapter 1, it says, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. And he proposed something. He was very respectful, and his overseer he said, Hey, you know what? I don't want to eat all this stuff. Could you just feed me and my three pr- friends, the four of us, vegetables and feed the rest of the staff all this other food? And why don't you just give it a test for 10 days? Just see. You know, it's, you, you got nothing to lose. It might sound like a conversation you have with your boss that's vaccine crazy. And if you don't really want to get it, and you go, You know what? I love this job. I love working for you. It's been a blessing. Why don't you just give it a go and uh, see how it goes for the next month. If I get sick, I'll stay home. I'll self-quarantine. And let's just see how it works out. And if you're really valued, and he's not a psycho, you might do okay. Right? That's what happens for Daniel. And it says at the end of 10 days... Their features appeared fatter, better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. Now, if I can look fatter by eating vegetables, I would have to eat a mountain of broccoli. That has to be the blessing of God, right? You just put me on all veggies. And yet God says, I will honor those who honor me. And I will lightly esteem those who dishonor me. I will honor those who honor me. God sees. God hears. God knows. He sees the pressure that his people are under. And the real violating thing of our conscience that gets down to this religious exemption is that the vaccine on public record, the three main ones, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, all publicly admit that all of their testing was with fetal tissue which is troubling to a child of God. We're pro-life. We're, we're, we're not for abortion. We're not for you taking this tissue of small living children and, and turning it into... I just don't want that. And it repulses me. And so if that's my conviction, should I have to lose my job and lose my house and lose my livelihood and lose everything because I simply don't want your experimental vaccine? Come on. There's a real hero in a hospital over in Austin, Texas, that the hospital has brought this mandate to their nursing staff, and a nurse that is leading the way, as soon as the vaccine came out, she got the vaccine, she's actually vaccinated, but she's a young woman, not even, she's like 27, she's a young woman, she loves liberty so much, the pressure they're putting on her friends that don't want the vaccine, she is the one leading the charge, isn't that something? Unbelievable. They had her on Newsmax last week, and they called her an American hero because she truly is. To stand up for others because she could lose her job just for being the troublemaker, right? Because she's standing up for these people. But realize, as it says in Romans, your body, your will, and your mind. In Romans 12, verse 1, it says... I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. You're now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body is God's. You have given your body to God. This gives you authority. Even God recognizes your choice to surrender your life to him to serve him. The God of the universe, who is all-powerful, he could do whatever he wants, right? Yet he says, do you want to serve me? If you do, Great. Be a child of God. And if you don't, that's your choice. Even the God of the universe, but not tyrants and people that are dictators. And it's our choice, our will. Nobody can force us against our will. We have to make that decision. As it says in verse 2, do not be conformed to this world. Now, the worldly thinking right now is filled with fear. Have you noticed it's fear-mongering, fear, fear, fear. And people that are afraid to die, I mean, they got three masks, a shield. They're they're crazy people, right? But if you don't have the hope of Jesus, like, what are they going to threaten me with? Well, we'll send you to heaven. I'm like, thank you very much. I'm going to leave the bills behind for somebody else to pay. Going to heaven is graduation day for those who love Jesus. Amen? That's why we're not afraid. It doesn't mean we're playing in the street. Just, we're not afraid. And because we're not afraid, we have more freedom to choose. Right? If you're terrified and you want to wear three masks, a shield, and stay six foot from me, great. But don't judge me because I don't want to wear a face diaper. Right? And I, and I want to wear the shield. And I'm not breathing on you. Not you. <laughs> I have a friend that in the height of this that's a real, you know, trickster. He said I learned how to. It was, actually, it was Pastor Art was telling us I, I learned in a gr- busy grocery store during the height of this. All I had to do was sneeze on an aisle, and it just cleared out. I just had all the room I needed. <laughs> but Solomon Ash did a conformity experiment in 1951 that is quite famous with 50 male students from Swarthmore College in this vision test. They got six stooges that they had told the right answer, which is actually the wrong answer, the answer they wanted to give, in a line, the length of lines. And then the naive, the seventh young man, came in, and he would be last, and all six would say the wrong answer, and they were all in unison. And it was a test about conformity. Because you know your your eye doesn't lie. You're looking at it, and you're like, I mean, these guys need glasses. Did they bring me into a blind experiment? No. But the pressure was so intense on people. This, this was the findings. 32% conformed with the incorrect majority on average. Three out of 10 chose the wrong answer because everybody else in the room did. Don't you see that going on right now? It's unbelievable. People that know better. 25% never conformed. They would just not conform. When they allowed everybody just to give the correct answer, less than 1% ever gave the wrong answer because it was a very simple answer. But they give multiple tests in multiple uh, venues, and they said everyone, 25% of the time, chose in the wrong answer in one circumstance. So at the end of all this, they asked them what was the reasoning. And the participants said... They feared being ridiculed or thought peculiar. If we go right now, in your family, if you haven't got the vaccine, some of you are peculiar to your family, right? Or to the workplace. And you're treated like you're, you're some leper. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston going on record. I have cut off, I'm no longer going to be friends with anybody that's not vaccinated. That's the proof of your test? I mean, you're, what a great friend, right? Un- unbelievable. A few of them said they really did believe the group's answers were correct because the majority of them chose they thought they must have the correct answer, and that's what people that are watching CNN all day, MS, you know, we won't finish their acronym, all the stuff that you just think these people have all the answers. People conform for two main reasons. They want to fit in with the group, normative influence, Because they believe the group is better informed than they are informational influence. These are the pressures. And the last thing is your mind. In verse 2 it says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, perfect will of God. You might know that good and perfect will of God. God has given us a mind to be able to reason. I don't have to be an astrophysicist or a rocket scientist or an astronomer to watch a sunrise and a sunset and find the big duper. Do you? Right. I don't need a PhD after my name. You look around and you see the obvious. You look at the science. And you're like, in the midst of all this with Fauci and stuff, I am so thankful my mind is so attracted to truth to find that which, it says here, in the renewing of my mind, the Holy Spirit leading us into good things, into pleasing or acceptable things, into the perfect will of God. And when you hear that voice of truth, you go, right on, man. Spot on. That's why this guy, this... uh, Harvard-trained epidemiologist and biostatistician, Martin Koldorf, has been silenced, but he is really a hero of truth right now. And I just have to end this time with a little hope from somebody actually that has a PhD behind his name to tell us what we already knew in the first place. And after that, we're going to baptize those who are following Jesus. So this is a perfect segue, right? Harvard professor, (laughs) hey, you should follow Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> to bring the authority. Check this clip out.
4: Those who are pushing these vaccine mandates and vaccine passports, vaccine fanatics, that we call them, to me, they have done much more damage during this one year than the anti-vaxxers has done in two decades.
2: When it comes to COVID immunity, vaccines, and the Delta variant, what does the existing research actually tell us? Today, I sit down with one of the world's leading epidemiologists, Dr. Martin Kulldorff. He's a professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School. He helped develop the CDC's current system for monitoring potential vaccine risks. And he's also one of the co-authors of the Great Barrington Declaration, which argues for focused protection for the most vulnerable instead of lockdowns. There's no public health reasons for it, so that's politics. This is American Thought Leaders, and I'm Jan Jekielek. Dr. Martin Kaldorf, such a pleasure to have you on American Thought Leaders. It's a delight. Thank you for having me. So we've, we're about a year and a half into uh, the coronavirus pandemic. And uh, you know we've had lockdowns, we've had uh, kind of emergence out of lockdowns. Right now in places uh, like where I live in New York, we're getting clo- we were getting closer to some kind of semblance of normality. And now we have the Delta variant and there's discussion of lockdowns again. And we have countries that actually have been in perpetual lockdowns. And so you've described the global COVID response, I'll quote you here, as the biggest public health fiasco in history. Feels like a, a big statement to make. Tell me more.
4: Well, I think it is, and without doubt, uh, for t- the two sort of aspects of that. One is, while anybody can get infected by COVID, there's more than a thousandfold difference in the risk for death and the mortality risk between the oldest and the youngest. So, with the naive belief that these lockdowns will protect everybody, which obviously we know now didn't work. A lot of people uh, got COVID, a lot of people died. But there was this naive belief that they would protect the older people and because of that we did not implement basic public health measures to actually do what was necessary to protect those older Uh, high-risk people. And because of that many of them died unnecessarily from Covid. The other uh, aspect of it is the the collateral damage from these lockdowns. So, uh, uh, for example, children didn't go to schools. The children are at minuscule risk from this disease in terms of mortality. They can get infected for sure, but uh, the risk from COVID for children is less than the risk from the annual influenza, which is already very low for children. So for them, this is not a risky thing. And one example is Sweden from the first wave in the spring of 2020. Sweden was the only Western country that did not close down all the schools. So schools and daycare were open for children ages 1 to 15. And among the 1.8 million children in Sweden during this first wave, there were exactly zero death from COVID, and that was without using masks, without social distancing, and without any testing. If a child was sick, they were told to stay home. That was it.
0: I just had to have some breath of fresh air and truth from somebody that actually is trained in this to leave that with you. And this last picture I want to give you is of an ambulance, and it has this interesting picture. You're familiar with the medical symbol, right? The, it's a serpent on a pole. Jesus used this illustration that happened 3,400 years ago. The children of Israel got bit by these serpents because they were complaining against God, and God told Moses, lift up this bronze pole and wrap a bronze serpent around it, and if the people will look by faith to that pole, they'll be healed. And if they don't, they die. Jesus told Nicodemus, a premier teacher in Israel, who did not understand what Jesus was doing, and he told him this. In John 3, verse 14 and 15, As Moses lift up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus said, I am that serpent on the pole. Bronze is a symbol of judgment, and sin is a symbol of judgment. Uh, The serpent is a symbol of sin, and Jesus said, I took all of your sin upon me. I died for your sins so that you might be healed and have everlasting life. The Bible says there's a book called the Lamb's Book of Life, and when you believe in Jesus, that he died for you on the cross, was buried, and rose from the dead, you will have eternal life, and your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And for those who are going to get baptized now, we're going to have the worship team come up. Pastor Rob's going to go into the water. And we're going to be witnesses of people identifying. Every person that goes in the water, it's a picture of being buried with Jesus in the tomb. And when they come up out of the water, it's a picture of the resurrection. It's the old life's dead and gone, and now the new life in Jesus. And maybe today you want to put your faith and trust in Jesus. There are those who have decided in advance they're going to get baptized. But most of the people that always get baptized on a baptism weekend, they didn't even plan on it. They got their hair done, they're in their Sunday best, right? And they realize today's the day because you must repent and be baptized. People ask us about baby baptism. A baby can't acknowledge their own sinfulness. So you have to be old enough to understand you're a sinner, you need Jesus' forgiveness, you give him your life, and then you follow him. And so as we worship, we're going to celebrate with them because the Bible says that when one sinner repents... The angels rejoice in heaven. So if you're getting baptized, make your way over to this ramp right now. The worship team's coming up. Anybody in here? We never take sign-ups, so we have no clue. I'm sure it's no one at all. Here they come. And I want you to know that today is the day for you. We're going to come over here. Over here. Today... Today is the day of salvation, so follow the Lord and Pastor Rob, he's going to lead the way.